I'm ready. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Collaborative Effort. This is a very special one. I have a friend and someone that I've known a long time and somebody that is, whether she knows it or not, a little inspirational to me because she has made strides in areas that I am still working on. Uh, we came from the same hometown, actually had a couple classes together, um, but I will let her introduce herself. So why don't you tell everybody about yourself, your name and who you are and what you do. Okay, so hi everyone. I'm so happy to be on the show today. Um, my name is Felicia Mezadu. I am a content creator. Mm-hmm. I am from Omaha, Nebraska. I'm currently living in uh, Santa Clarita, California. I moved here about five years ago, and I am still creating content on YouTube. I started off creating. Well, I started off as a fashion blogger, and then I transitioned over to YouTube to do beauty content. I yeah, and then I did a little bit of fashion, but the beauty stuff, and that's where I received most of my audience from. Um, and then I sort of had a little bit of a hiccup, and I decided to transition into a different direction where I'm focusing more on personal style. I also have another YouTube channel. It's called Felicia Finish the Book, where I just pretty much hold myself accountable to finish books, and I try to set a reading goal for the year. It doesn't really always work, but it's okay. And then um, I talk about books, so books that I like, books that I'm reading. Um, it's really addictive. I discovered BookTube a couple of years ago, and I haven't been able to stop looking at the genre, so... And um, I'm currently also in school. I am studying studying to be a visual artist. My discipline is going to be graphic design, but I also really enjoy learning about fine art. So I'll probably expand more into that as well. And that's a little bit about myself. All right, that's more than enough. I appreciate <laughs> that. No, that was that was really thorough. Um, so I have two questions from what you said, and. Um, Okay. Feel free to answer our next question, <laughs> the questions, um, because I don't think I knew. Can you elaborate a little more on the hookup that the, the hiccup that inspired the, the transition from one thing to another on your YouTube content? Yeah. So, um, OK, I guess I have to give a little bit more of a background story then. So I graduated um, I graduated with my degree in broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And when I transitioned from being a full-time student into just adulting, I didn't really have a vision of what I wanted to do. So at the time, I had, I think right before I finalized my degree, I had an internship that I did. And I was working with a content creator and she kind of exposed me to the world of beauty creators on YouTube, beauty mm-hmm. gurus, that's, that's what they called them at the time, before we, people started titling us as content creators. And so I felt, I was obsessed with it. I was addicted. All I wanted to do was watch these girls talk about hair but I never had the of getting on YouTube to do hair and makeup 
I was really going to just talk about fashion, but I didn't know how to incorporate that onto YouTube because I didn't really see that that wasn't as popular as it is right now. I mean, right. you had some girls that were doing it, but they already had a platform doing hair and makeup. Mm-hmm. So when I moved into that area on YouTube, I wasn't really passionate about it. Like, yeah, I, I, I like learning about how to take care of natural hair. I even like learning more tips about beauty, but I wasn't, I never fully felt like it was my lane. Right. And I never really felt confident putting that content out there for the world to see. Like, I, I, I was so like, oh, wow, I created this, I edited it, but I never fully felt confident, like, wow, I'm just, I just did the damn thing. Right. And um, it, it's during this time of quarantine and a little bit before that, I've come to realize that just because you're attracted to something doesn't necessarily mean that it's meant for you to do. It's a life and lesson so, right <laughs> yeah, it, I was attracted to seeing girls do their hair and their makeup, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that was what I was purpose to. And I started off as a fashion blogger. More of my um, skill and expertise is on style. So it, that's what I should have been doing. Right. I just did, that wasn't the popular thing at the time. So when I I took some time to really think about the content that I was putting out there, I think we, we were both talking, like when we had met up, we were talking about like what we wanted to do with our channels. And that was around the time when I realized I do not like doing hair and makeup. Like I I just wasn't consistent about it. I, it's not that I didn't like doing hair and makeup, it's fine. But it was more so hair. I, I don't even enjoy doing my own hair. I'd rather go get it done. <laughs>
a, a, I was going to do a styling certificate program. Right. And then that's when I knew that I was going to fully make that transition. Okay. That's dope. And then my, yeah. my second question, just based off of what you said originally, um, for somebody like myself that needs to hear it and a lot of people, what is your, and, and I understand, but just to hear you say it, what is your reasoning behind the second channel? The booktube channel? Yes. Because I've always. Not, I well, well, let me, and first let, let me, let me clarify, not why did you do it, but why separate it? Why separate? Yes. Because I feel like you have to have a thing. Mm-hmm. And you don't want your channel to get too cluttered. Yep. And I know, and I feel like with the algorithm with YouTube, it it does reward you for consistency, but it it rewards you for consistency for uploading, but then it also rewards you for consistency of the people who um, continue to the the numbers that continue that you continue to reach. Right. And so it's for one video someone's not interested in your booktube like channel or your booktube content then your numbers go down and then youtube will punish you for that essentially and i'm not really thinking about numbers anymore at that time i was but i at the time i wanted my i wanted the content to be separate Mm -hmm. and i wanted clarity absolutely you can't get clarity if you come yeah you feel me yeah yeah no i get it i i yeah Go ahead. No, no, I got something to say, but I want you to go ahead. No, no, no. Still go ahead. I was saying I get what you're saying, but go ahead. Lifestyle channels or something like that? Lifestyle, but there's like another uh, term for it. But yeah, those channels work for some people, but they've been out longer and people have appreciated their content. Like, um, who's the one that we were looking at um, that one day? Peter? Peter Peter McKinnon. Well, no, because it's just so funny because I think people need to hear that. And I probably need to hear that, too. But also, I'm about to, for the sake of me even being able to do YouTube and put content out, I'm about to clutter the hell out of my channel. And so that's just one of those things. And and I, you know, even for me and, and not to justify any of it, I, I think at some point you have to just throw stuff out there to see what sticks or whatever. But for me, I try to even justify it, like my welcome trailer. Like I say, oh, okay, on Mondays, it's going to be vlogs, Tuesday, tech, Wednesday, lifestyle, Thursday, travel, Friday, film. So at least mm-hmm. I'm hoping as I start, because I, I, you know, my life is random. I'm into a bunch of different things. So I feel like at least as I start, if I give myself that room to throw a bunch of things on the wall, see what sticks and not even so much for the viewer, but for me first to see what I'm actually interested in and what is, what is feasible and sustainable um, to do, you know, as a one man band, I think that will help me, but it's always good to know because I know it just in, in life and especially in YouTube, the number one rule is like, you know, first consistency, but not to confuse people. 
like you said, if you know this day is this, this day is that. But that's why I, that's why like I said, I already know that the voice is in my head, but I also know whether where I will stand on it on the other end of this, I know what I'm doing is like contradictory to what you're saying, but I think it's important for people to hear that. So that's why, that's why I asked that. Um, so when did you start on YouTube? When did you, I guess there's two different questions to that. When did you, if you had a YouTube account before you actually started content, when did you first get your YouTube account? And when did you like first start creating content? So can I, can I say something? Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, so um, I watch a lot of um, content creative coaches mm-hmm. on YouTube, and they actually said that what you're doing, where you've made that trailer, um, to I guess give more clarity behind like what you're going, what they're going to get, what you're going to, what people are going to get from you when they come to your channel is really, really good because then they know what to expect. So I think that's that's good. Personally, I'm like just lazy. I have a, I just I don't want to put up a trailer. So yeah, I think that's good. What you're doing. let's put a pin in the the YouTube coaches because I want to come back to that because I, I think you should, if okay. if you feel like sharing people that people should look into, let's do that. But okay. let's let's go to your your start on YouTube first. Okay, so when I first started my channel, mm-hmm. I first started my channel in 2012, July. Of 2012. Damn, you were a month. You were on it. Go ahead. Uh huh. Uh huh. And, but I was trying to create videos before that. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Yeah, this is good. Whatever it is, I want to hear it. when I was on top of my game back then.
thinking to myself, wow, I never finished that project. And I remember really wanting to do it, but I was just intimidated about with everything that would have to go into it to actually like execute it and make it something that was valuable. Well, that sounds like a dope YouTube video to tell that backstory and then finish it now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that was that. That was like kind of like the first time Mm -hmm. One of my classes for it was like the fake TV news. Mm-hmm. I did like a, a fashion segment with one of my friends, and it was called Taylor's Topic, but it was like super amateur. And then um, from there, um, post that that's when I started my channel, and I I ended up buying a new camera. Mm-hmm. It was a 2012. Nikon, was it 2012? Yeah, 2012 Nikon DSLR, mm-hmm. and then I started creating videos. Dope. What 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 year and month was Windows this? Using Windows Maker. Wow. Yeah. July 2012. I know Windows Movie Maker. Can you believe that? You're hardcore with it. <laughs> okay. So, the good old days. So, how how many roughly? How many videos in were you and where roughly was your your follower subscriber count before the edges video? So before the edges videos, I think I probably had like roughly maybe a hundred over a hundred videos, maybe, maybe a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm. And and how much time in I was this? I had about, I had about nine, I'm sorry? Like, like how, how far in was this from like, you started July 2012, so. From, from 2012 to 2017. Okay. And that's when, that's when the Edges video was? Uh, October, I think, of 2017 is when I published that video. And up until then, you had and like 100 videos in already. I had 100 videos that is, already. That's amazing. Oh, probably a little bit over 100. Okay. And I'm going to go with like between 130 to 150 videos I had already had. And I had 9,000 subscribers. Okay. So you already had, you had already like because I remember put when the I, work in. And, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. And I I distinctly remember when I hit 10,000 and I had to hit a big deal. And I was like, wow, I hit 10,000. And it just kept going up. And up from there, I, I mean, I'm seeing, I was seeing numbers like people, like a thousand followers and subscribers in one day. And I was just like, over some damn edges. Are y'all serious? It was crazy. <laughs> okay. So what, I mean, I, I know, was the video made specifically for the purpose of, for yourself of trying it just to see how they grew back? Or was it, was part of it like, I'm going to hit them with this and see what the response is? You know. Or what was the balance? What was okay. the, what was the breakdown of that? It wasn't supposed to be a clickbait video or anything. It really was. I, I have been going through this journey of documenting my edges for a long time. It's something that Black women struggle with in our community when you know when we're doing our natural yeah. hair. Yes. And so, or when we're tending for our natural hair, I don't think you really notice it as much. 
all about, you know, making sure the edges look very sleek. But then you are forced to deal with your kinky edges and what they look like and the fact that they just may not even be there. Right. So I was forced to always have to look at my edges because I was doing that. So um, there were a lot of people who praised me for how long I was able to, the length that I was able to retain with growing natural hair, but I had always I didn't have the edges to go along with the hair, with the longer hair. So I was kind of obsessed with like trying to grow back. So I did kind of document the journey. But then this, this was the video where I was always looking for that one video that was just to the top because right. I knew that there was always, there's, it's usually, it's, it's work that's compounded over time, but then mm-hmm. there's like that one video yeah, that puts you over. Did. Right. That's what I was expecting. And, but then also, out of curiosity, I was like, well, what will happen if I shave these edges off? Like, I want to know, is it going to grow back? And then, Bruh. <laughs> it took like, a, I remember texting my friends, and I said, no, I just shaved my edges off. And they were like laughing at me. And they were like, I could not believe you did that. And then, overnight, I think I, you can kind of tell when a video is going to do well. Because mm-hmm. you see it go from, oh, I'm sorry, am I answering your question? No, yeah, no, keep going, keep going, keep oh, going. Oh, okay. So you can kind of see when the video is going to do well because it'll hit that 100 mark really quickly. Mm-hmm. And you, but I start, I started seeing it kind of go to a thousand, and I was like, hmm, interesting. And I, I, I kind of like went to sleep. And before it went to a thousand, I, it went, it went over a hundred, and I went to sleep. And then I woke up. And then um, one of my, someone sent me a video and they said, oh, they'll be laughing when your edges grow back though. And it was this guy who really, I think he made my video go by. Okay. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I didn't see it. But it was like a reaction video so or something? Kind of Like if you're not like 
into comedy and like humor and that it's, it's not even healthy to do that for a sustained time either. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man. I, and I, I mean, AJ, I was, Oh, sorry. I was, I, I mean, it's getting to the point where I would have to sit down and write notes to. Wow. Hey, but you did that, though. Yeah. I had to write notes. I had to, like, I had to, I, I mean, I would be in the shower thinking about, okay, what can I hit them with so, like, it could be really funny so when they come back to the channel, and people would be like, bro, I come back to the punchlines. And I was just like, this is not really what I want to do, though. And yeah. then, so, yeah. And then I realized that every time I would put something else out that wasn't about my hair, my face, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, the first and foremost, like, that, that one swipe you took will ever, forever be <laughs> in my memory. But, like, I think there's so much to unpack in that. Like, first and foremost, though it wasn't what resonates with you, it was the fact that you were doing something that was already natural to you and you were just encompassing and, and documenting your journey and sharing that and that op- that authentically took off. Now, like I said, it wasn't now. Some of it wasn't the things that you wanted to do sustainably, but I think that's pretty damn dope, honestly. But that's I was always interested in like what the because nothing and, and we learned that out here more than anywhere, like nothing happens overnight. There's always a whole body of work before the success. So uh, for somebody that can speak to something, speak to that in something that's very relevant, relevant right now, as far as like YouTube and digital media, I think that's important for people to hear. So that's why I wanted to ask about that. Yeah. Damn. So uh, let me think. You, damn, you said so many things that I wanted to unpack, but. First, tell me, tell me some of the, uh, like we were talking about the YouTube coaches, like who you listen to, why you think having a YouTube coach is important and some of the things that you've picked up from them. Um, okay. So number the, the number one person that I listen to is Roberto Blake. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with him? I don't know anything about you any YouTube coaches. No, I, I'm not. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm listening for me. No. Um, Roberto Blake, he's awesome. He and I've watched his journey as well, where he started off as um, a graphic designer, mm-hmm. and then he would just kind of come on, and he would have a video, like, every day, and he branded himself so well, he would always wear this Create Something Awesome, or was it a YouTube shirt or something, and his slogan was Create Something Awesome, mm. and um, just totally himself, like, he's just a regular guy who is just authentically him doesn't apologize it apologize for it unapologetically himself. right and so at first looking at him i was thinking to myself i would not really necessarily watch him but it's something about him that keeps you going back to his content so i ended up subscribing and then i just kind of saw him like all the work he put in that was the one thing that he was consistent and he would always come up with these youtube tips and um they were they would actually work. But he does really good with having you think about why you're doing it and that and also telling you that it's not just overnight. I think a lot of people who decide that they're gonna do YouTube, they think it's gonna be overnight, you're gonna instantly start um, you're gonna instantly start getting uh, um, 
contacted by brands, the brands are going to start working with you, they're going to start making all this money, and it does not happen like that at all, unless right. you instantly go viral. And so, yeah, so he talks about your evolution on YouTube, and then also he talks about the, like, the work that you have to put in. And so I was listening to him, and then it, I would apply those tips, and then um, as doing that, I was seeing this channel take off. Like, I remember when he had, like, less than maybe 30,000, and now he's, like, at 500,000. Right. And I started watching him, I want to say, like, in 2016. And then another, the other post that I watched is um, Video Influencers. It's Sean, um, Zindi, I don't know his last name, and then Sean, now, and that, that's the book that I have where I told you called YouTube Secrets. Mm-hmm. And they talked about when you achieve success, um, if you if you get it from by doing by doing something that you're not interested about, if you you work the formula right. and then you achieve success that way, then you end up resisting the success that you achieve. Um, they wrote that book, and okay. um, they interviewed creators, basically like what we're doing right now. Mm-hmm. They interview creators, and then I would say weekly they have like this. Um, session where they tell you how to um, become a better creator and I've just always their content has always resonated with me so has their information and so it's it's really helped me to develop my niche on YouTube because I feel like I was all over the place before I started actually listening to them okay. and I think that's why YouTube post is important is because it really does help you stay in your lane figure out your why and um, also to really craft that niche for yourself so that you can be more effective and valuable to whoever's watching. Okay. Yeah, no, I think that's important. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to look into both of them, like actually, actually look into them. Because I don't think I've said this, pub- okay. I don't think I've said this publicly to anybody yet. But, and we're going to jump into how um, pandemic and quarantine has changed everything for people. But, okay. I am quitting my job this year and I may not even go back after all of this. So like between I'm, I'm working on a side business venture that I don't want to talk about yet, but between this, the, the, the podcast, my YouTube channel and videography, filmmaking, and all that, I feel like with the, the, the lead way that I have right now with the time that we're stuck at stay at home um, and I don't have to pay for rent. I feel like it's, it should be enough time to get my footing. So I'm definitely going to be putting a lot more time and energy. And that's the thing what I realized. And I actually, I put a video up last night just talking about don't lose yourself. Like I, I realized as much as I was still pursuing things, I was so caught up in other things that I couldn't really put forth the time. And now that I have the time, I'm able to look at things differently. So it'd be a perfect time to start ingesting like that information from people that really know. Because like I said, I, not that I, I'm, I'm expecting, I've never really expected to make money from YouTube. It would be nice, but I am definitely going to start putting more time into it. And I feel like, in theory, like YouTube is perfect for me. Like I am like, I, mm-hmm. I came out here just to get into the visual arts and filmmaking and all that. And I have a yeah. shit ton of camera and audio stuff, but I think it, there's been so many personal and professional, like mental blocks. Like me, I'm a super introvert. Like th- even this, like I, I make myself do this much because it will make me, it will allow me to be more sociable in public because I hate having conversations, but here I am having <laughs> multiple, I, man, it, I, I, it's, and, and I, can, I know. And I was like, I'm gonna have to stop saying it. And I'm going to say, I'm, gonna, I'm well, that, that is, I have to attribute in, 
that goes into, I think me and Bruce were talking about uh, Robert Greene and, and mastery and, and like taking all the things you learn from different things. So I have to attribute that to the five years that I've been in working in the barbershop in Westwood in LA. You have conversations with so many different people. And even then, like, I think for one, there's a certain element to not being in your hometown. Like there's a little, you're, you feel a little more freer to be yourself and develop and, and learn who you are. But like the shop that I worked at was right, like walking distance to UCLA. So you're right between Beverly Hills, Bel Air, Brentwood, all of that. So there's so many creative and, and people in the industry that it behooves you to learn how to like entertain people. So like basically for 30, every 30 minutes, I'm like putting on a show and engaging and entertaining people. So I could do that there. But one of the things I, I learned, and this is just a sidebar, but in knowing yourself, I am definitely without a doubt an introvert. So the thing that sucked about that is I was giving so much energy to these people because it's draining to do that. But even though I kind of perfected it, but by the time I got home to my work or whoever I was going to be around friends or significant other, I had nothing to give. So on the side note, I realized that, I always wanted to flip things around to where like I could work alone creatively. So by the time it came time to go out and socialize, I'd have that energy and I'd be craving to get that. But back to the original point, luckily enough, being around those people and needing to engage them at a high level, it, it taught me how to like communicate and to entertain people, but I could only do it there before. So now, especially since I don't have to do it right now, I've been taking that energy that I would give to every client and I put it into this. So it allows me to to learn it and apply it. And still, it's it's different because outside of maybe one of these, they've been people that I've already had these real conversations with. So it's a start and it's good. But that's another reason why I can do it, because you and I have had these conversations before. Now, going out to meet somebody I don't know, uh, that's, that's different. But this helps me work on that. Because, yeah, if you just put me out somewhere in a room full of people I don't know, it's all bad. But yeah, so yeah, I am, I, I am putting it out there and before the year is over, I am done doing what I have been doing and I may not even go back cause I'm going to focus on this and, you know, make it work somehow. Not to say I'll never do it, but it no, won't be the full time thing, but go ahead. Okay. So how many hours a day were you having to give this type of energy? Um, that's a whole different thing. Um, I've been decreasing for years, but for since, okay, so I moved out, I moved like, like settled back out here. I came out here in 2014. I say the first three years I was doing, um, anywhere, say nine to 10 hours a day, six ish days a week. Okay. And then, so, okay. In this industry. Which one? This one? Your discipline is. Ours? Okay, yeah. The creative industry. Mm -hmm. Your discipline is film. And I would imagine that you have to be much more, you have to network a lot more in the, in the in, you know, within that arena. So how were you, you said that's not something that you could do in a room full of people that you don't know. How were you navigating that space? One, I don't even know if anymore, and, and I'm going to go along with what you said, but I don't even know if my, I would say my, my discipline is film. But that's okay. a whole different thing. But luckily enough, I, and I don't know, I don't literally to this day, I don't know how I know all the people I know. It shit just happens. But okay. but <laughs> that's the, the benefit. Like, literally, I, like, I don't know. Um, but to answer your question, that is the benefit of working where I worked. Um, I always knew I like coming back out here. I didn't intend on cutting hair at all. 
but I knew if I did, and even like, I didn't even intend to cut, like even when I came back, I didn't, but I actually had a meeting with a production company right across from campus at UCLA. And I went in there and I was like, I knew, I was like, oh, this is going to be some bullshit. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I really want to stay out here. So let me go get a square job. But I always knew if I was going to get another job, I wanted to be won by a, a military base or university just because of influx of clientele for money. But more importantly, I wanted to be by one of the largest film schools. So it was going to be UCLA or USC. Not having been here, you okay. always hear that you want to be closer to UCLA than USC, though now, in hindsight, I might have went the other way. But luckily enough, like coming, I, I had that that energy, you know, people are bright eyed when they come out here and just green like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. So I was giving that energy with people and I was blessed enough that like every one out of five, at least eight clients was like a, a retired writer or you know, somebody that was in the MFA program and acting or somebody else that was um, in the filmmaking or photography department. So through that barbershop, I met a mass of people and the network just kind of spread from there. So I got lucky enough that I didn't have to actually go out and network. My network just kind of branched out from that barbershop. But oh, well, that was a black so and, and this is a conversation I have with my boy Emmett, like I always and this is just this has nothing to do with that. But my mind, this is how I rationalized working so long and so hard there is because I'm trying to think, well, I can't, I can't even mention that person, but there's, so there's two ways to kind of go about things. Like you can like network and build relationships with the people that are like at the top now, which I would love to do. But I also realize like a lot of these people, you know, in, in, in these programs at UCLA, like I've, I've had so many clients that have become NFL and NBA athletes. So and not just that, but like people that are in film and acting, like I've had a chance to make genuine connections with people who, who are somebody now, but will really be somebody in three to five years. So the beauty is I may not have went to networking events, but like I've got to share along in the journey with so many people and in being there so long, if and when I make it, there's a, a, a element of building the legend. They're like, yo, I remember when he was doing this and he was working Oh, okay. I thought my connection went out. I remember when he was working like 10 hours a day and he was doing this on the side and this, this, and that. And you have this, this growing group of people that can testify. Just like, I saw him do the work and I saw him do that. And they're also your network that supports you. So like, that's one of the, the ways that I, um, justify to myself to do this for so long. Now, I think life is showing me something different. Um, but also I always had the mindset along with like building that, that legend that, the beautiful thing about being in LA, even though I'm antisocial, the, the biggest thing out here really is networking. Good thing about networking is one of two ways, either in, in, if you're going back to like the film discipline, it's either on set or it's out at like events, like social events. Like it's not like the, the, the uptight suit and tie mixers. It's like we're at a nightclub, we're at a bar, we're at a restaurant. That's the beauty of that. So my thought process is always to be do put all the work in, perfect the craft as much as I can, sharpen the skill set as much as possible, then start working the, the 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 point I'm at, the phase I'm at right now is starting to build that body of work. And then it's just being on the scene. So like once I get my body of work, then I just got to be out. And that's another reason why I've been so antisocial because, I, you know, we're, we're getting older and I've already been antisocial. So I feel like I got one more good run of energy 
And I've been saving that. So I, hopefully if everything goes according to plan, as I get all these things in place, then it's just being out and meeting people. It's having business cards. It's like, oh, have you seen this, 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 and that, or connecting people, working on projects, more collaborative stuff. But I like, whether it's this podcast or whether it's the YouTube stuff or whether it's some short films or a book or anything else. Now it's like, I've laid the groundwork. Now I got to get that, that, that body of work, which is the solid foundation and the frame of things. And then everything else will just be putting a face to everything else and meeting the people and, and connecting all the dots. Because then it's like, Oh, well you, I know I heard of you because of my friend, this, this and that, that you did this with, but it's just now getting, well, it will then be getting out there in the mix. If we can get back to socializing at some point. Okay. Go ahead. I have a question. Go ahead. Another I question. can see it. Okay. So, really making your channel multifaceted and then we just discussed you're not you're not really sure if your discipline is film any longer so what are you leaning towards like what direction are you leaning well I, I say that because, uh, with the arts and being a creative well it's still I, I would always say visual arts but I don't know that it's tough to say like because I don't the way I say it will be interpreted differently. I don't know if I necessarily want to be a filmmaker. I think okay. like I always knew like at the end of the day, my strongest suit will be writing. Um, I always want to be involved with film and visual media, but I don't know that I want to go through all the shit of being on set every day. So in a perfect world, if, if we're just talking about uh, uh, a career in film, if my whole life was just filmmaking, I would spend like, I would want to be a writer producer. And then if I was really tied to the stuff that I wrote or somebody brought me something I was really tied to or cut me a right check, I would direct. So in a perfect world, six months out of the life of my life, I would be writing three months on production and three months not doing shit. Um, so because I got, I've realized, and part of it is just who I am, just whether it's being antisocial, being an introvert and just not liking I've never been a person to kind of buy into the system or whatever the system is. So the same way that you see the system works in Hollywood, like I get it and I want to at least master it in the sense like I want to be able to do it and, and excel within the system, but I don't know that I want a lifestyle that's set in that system. So that's why I say, I don't know if my discipline is film because I don't know, like I know, like I, I think we both know we're passionate, but I can also, I also know myself when I look at some of these things, like I don't have the passion to go through all the bullshit day in and day out on a set. So that's why I say, I don't know that my, my, whatever my discipline is filmmaking, but I also want to be, and the beauty is like now we're at a different age where like the media, the medium is changing so much. Like if I hit with one thing or get some money, like I may never have to really work in the Hollywood system nowadays with YouTube and everything else. I may be able to, you know, do a, a YouTube version of Tyler Perry, you know, not that I want to make that content, but like being self-sufficient and building everything mm -hmm. up. So that's why I say, I, I'm not saying that I don't want to be in filmmaking, but I don't know that how much I want to be in the industry, if that makes sense. But I also realize like there's so many other avenues that can still involve a camera and a microphone and everything else to create that isn't specifically filmmaking or by the Hollywood LA definition. Mother is a film screenwriter, and so the reason why I'm even out in LA mm -hmm. is because my sister. 
maybe 12 years ago, and she came out here for pilot pilot season to act. Mm-hmm. And um, she had a family though, and then so they were still located in Omaha. And I remember when my sister first decided to move to Buffalo, and she had said to me, "Why don't we go out to LA and make our dreams come true?" And so I remember we're in the parking lot on a boat ship, like off the Fort Street, and I was just like, "I I'm not gonna do that. I'm just cool. You can go." I think I was like 19 or 20. Like 24, and she was like, I'm gonna do what I wanna do, and you can do what you wanna do. And so she ended up moving to LA. Right. And she really got a taste of LA. She um, came out here for pilot season, and then I think she ended up moving back to Chattanooga and her husband, and then she ended up coming back to LA and she moved her family out here, and then my mom came shortly thereafter. My sister had an opportunity to work in the industry, and she didn't like. like you said, basically how it, it works and the time away that you would have to, uh, just the, the time that you take away from your family to be in this industry, to drive in the industry and to get auditions. And she just didn't feel like she was going to be able to nurture her family if she did that. So her, she wasn't as enchanted with being a actress the way that she was before she moved out. So then my mom comes out here, I'm going to say like two years later, she decides that she's going to pursue um, screenwriting. So she takes all the classes, starting to develop scripts and stuff like that. And then 2017, when did we do the short film? 2018? 2018, she uh, puts together, she hooks up with a um, director. Mm-hmm. And so she shoots her first um, film, short film. And I was with the actor who leads in it. And then we worked with a couple of other leads and my sister was in it or whatever. So we get to act out our dreams of, you know, being an, an actress as an actor, as a right. screenwriter, as a family. And I was like, okay, this is cool. Okay. And then my mom recently, we just wrapped another short film that my mom did that she eventually... Back to your mom's uh, short film that she just wrapped, and what did she want to do with it? Oh, oh, okay, yes, yes. So the, the reason why I'm out here is because my, my sister and my mother moved out there first, and then I followed them. So right. my mom ended up, um, her vision was for us to act in her, um, in her movies that she, you know, wrote scripts for. Mm-hmm. And so, and it, I mean, I think for a, a lot of people, it's kind of been like a childhood dream to star in a, a movie. So we, you know, we decided that we agreed. Let's, let's do it. And the second one that she wanted to make at the body, um, it, it, this time it felt like a real set because the first time we did it, we did it at my sister's house. And that one was, it, 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 it seemed like we were on set, but it was different. This time my mom rented out an Airbnb. She had like professional actors. We had a professional actor, but she had like more professional actors who really, really do this for a living. Right. Some were sad. And then, um, like, it was like a real set. And the personalities, the director, the time that you have to, to stay on on um, on set and yeah. are on location, and, and people who have been in the industry longer than you who feel like they can host. And I mean, I have respect for, you know, people who are more seasoned at the craft, but at the same time, 
some of these things are unsolicited, it feels a little different. also feel like I, I if I had to bet my money I'd say I'm probably not going to be in the industry that much but there's also the the thought process of you know be the change you want to see so I, I there's a part of me like I always want to master something <laughs> then I always want to walk away from it but part of me wants to get comfortable enough working on sets and that's the other thing is because I'm so uh socially awkward I don't want to be in charge of a bunch of people with a hundred questions but as, mm-hmm. once I get over that if I can get a couple of projects and bring the good people that I've met around and create the right environment for me and for others, I may feel differently about it. So I am leaving my mind open to that, but if I had to bet, you know, it may not be the move, but who knows, you know, that's, that's the beauty of just, you know, having the time and the, and all the options that the, the lower barrier entry of all this equipment and technology has brought us. So time will tell on that one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let me think what else, if I have anything else I got to ask you, yeah, so many gems to drop for YouTube. What are your, uh, for people that are, are thinking about, okay, so th- for people that are thinking about starting a channel right now in the middle of the pandemic, what would your advice to them be? Right, just anything, it doesn't matter, you know. So, I don't know for you how you feel about the pandemic and, okay, this might be a No, no, go ahead. Okay, how are we doing on time? We're, we got all the time in the world. I'm on your time. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, I don't know how you feel about the pandemic, but there's a little bit of guilt that I have with creating. But the type of content that I'm creating, there's a little bit of guilt surrounded around that with thinking to myself, okay, is this really important? Right. Um, okay, I'm talking to you about your style? Are you even going to go out and buy these clothes? Can you afford to buy these clothes? Um, should I be telling you to even purchase clothes with the way that like our economic structure is right now? It's just, it's a lot of 
Leo. She's like a Hardly. daily thinker. Um, she talks about, um, she was just talking about, is it ethical to, to basically stay in business or to like sell to people? And she was giving ways that you can do it. And some of the suggestions that she gave was to, for every three customers that you, that buy something, give your service away for free or, uh, for every customer or for, for say like people start purchasing stuff, they give half of that away, um, as donation. Right. It was just stuff like that that she was saying that you, you can, you ha- we all have to strive and we all have to work in like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to articulate it. No, no. So she was saying that you shouldn't feel guilty for wanting to still work because work gives us, gives us meaning and Right. Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't have the fact that you want to continue to stay employed and employ other people so that they can pay their bills. Like there shouldn't be any guilt surrounding that. But you should consider uh, you should have consideration for others at the same time. And so I agree with that. And that gave me like a better perspective. Um, I think for creatives now, I think there's so many people. And, and this brings up a point that I want to ask you. Mm-hmm. Let me, Jot it down. No, I don't no, want to forget it. Okay. Okay. Um, so I think for creatives, or yeah, not not you know, but I think for people who already know that this is something that they wanted to do and they. They feel very passionate about it, and they just haven't had the time to do it. I think you really need to sit down and self-reflect, because if there's any advice that I can give is to really make sure you understand why you're doing it, like what's your why behind it, and um, is it something you were purpose? Because I think mm-hmm. in this age, there are so many people who want to be um, digitally seen, right. but it may not be what they were purpose to do. And that's frustrating for me for someone who's been doing this for so long. Like I, I went to school for this. I've been doing this for years. You put and in all the work.
horrific. <laughs> horrific. Like, I cringe looking at them. I don't put them on private or unlisted. I just Oh, you are a real one. <laughs> I put something up last night. I was on my walk this morning. I was like, you know what? I'm unlisted right now. It's so funny to hear you say a lot of those things because I realize I'm I'm the exact opposite in a few ways of, of the examples you you gave and some of the things that you said about yourself. Like me and Bruce were talking about, we we're the type, like we're we're artists in not like the good way in the sense that like we'll make something and then immediately yeah. hate it. Like I'll be so hyped when I make something, then like sixty seconds after it's out, I was like, oh fuck this. Oh, and I don't want anybody to see it. And then you were speaking to like being tasked for things. Um, like I being what tasked. Is this something that you, uh, I don't know if you said tasked for, but you said something, is this something you've been called for? Or I can't remember the word. Oh yeah. You, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So like I, like I said, Perfect. if yeah. in all things, I feel like this medium was made for me, but like the way my, my natural social inclinations or whatever, like it just, it pulls that. And then like the artistic part of me that hates my work afterwards has always taken me away from this. So it's just weird. Cause like, I, I know what I need to do and I know where I stand, but it's definitely something I like, even in the last 24 hours, it's something that I have to fight through because for one, like, and, and, and I think that's the beauty of being out here and seeing so many people's success stories. Like, it's a random example and it's not a good connection or a good analogy, but I'm going to use just because it's the first one I can think of young Jeezy did not start as a rapper. He was like a producer and he tried to produce other people or not a producer. He was, he had a label and he tried to put other people in the forefront. It did not work. So he had to start rapping and look where he is now. So for me, I've always, I have literally 
always try to put other people in front of the camera, even like with sketches and stuff. And that's why like the one I did the other day, I was like, you know what, let me just do it. But I've like, life has shown me time and time again for various reasons. Like, you know what? You can't always other, depend on other people and nobody's going to take care of you like you are going to take care of yourself. And especially now in the pandemic, like it's not even safe to work with people. So I'm trying to grasp that this is something I've been tasked for. And though I'm still going to have the mental hurdles to work past and, and some of the other things, you know, it's just something I got to do. You know, I got to, sometimes you got to tell that, that voice to shut up and just push through, leave your work out there after it's done. Just, you know, cause like I said, you got to see, but I, even I, I realized that like, I regret sometimes, like I used to really, really hate my work. So I would like delete it off the internet and delete it all together. <laughs> like, so there's no record of it. So now like a five, like a few years ago, I'm like, damn, I wish I had this old video so I could look back and see where I, you know, the progress that I made. Because one thing that really made it, made it real for me, my favorite director uh, is Christopher Nolan. So like Interstellar, Batman, Dark Knight, all of that. Uh, but I saw his, like his student thesis film or like his first short film and it wasn't great. But like to me, he makes some of the greatest films out there. Um, so to see where he started to the epic level he's at now, like that was so inspiring for me. So I, I definitely turned the corner in the mindset of at least keeping my, my, all my work, whether I, I share it with the world, but now I'm trying to get to where you're at and like actually just leave it out there because you know, somebody else may look like, Oh, this is really dope. We started from here. You know? So I, I'm trying to work on those things and I'm glad you touched on them and, and vocalize them. But what was your point in your question that you, you wrote down? Or well, before I get to that, I, I think there's a blessing and a curse to what you just said. Um, I would say the blessing in that is is that you're always going to be well. In most cases, you'll probably be very. Um, you'll probably be like at the top of your game because you don't want to put out shitty content, right? And then also, I would say that. It's people like you, though, who always want to be um, to make sure that you give 100% and to make sure that you're operating in excellence. It's people like you who challenge me to be better. Because, okay, so you say that I inspired you, but at the same time, like after our, like after we met up and reconnected at the coffee shop, I, there was some terms that you were using with like, um, like video terminology and stuff like that, that I didn't really I've never really sat down to like learn the lingo mm-hmm. when it comes to like um, creating videos and content and stuff like that. But I knew what it meant. And um, it made me think about how I could really stand to sit down and like educate myself more. But then, AJ, like always looking at your work, I'm always in awe of things that you do. And I know that you say that sometimes you're like, I don't like my work, but we're always our own worst critics. And I think that's like the curse of being an artist is that you're never fully satisfied. Like there's so many people that I've talked to, no matter their gift or whether it's like, it's just okay. Like I was looking at Kanye West, there uh, some, it was like a old MTV episode, like when he first came out back in the day when we were mm-hmm. in high school. And then he was showing his work and I was like, oh damn, so he's like, yeah, this really isn't a good sketch. And I was like, what, what the hell is wrong with you? Right. Operate in um, in excellence and really give out their give out 100. 
from like putting out content. Like, yeah. And so there's somebody who needs to be blessed by your work. No matter how bad I've shot so much stuff in the last two weeks and it's just not, I'm like, I'm not putting it out. And it probably was great. And, yeah. you know, yeah, like I looked at the, I was looking at the, the podcast with Vanessa. I, I almost finished when I was doing Bruce. I was like, damn, I don't really want to finish this, but I know we about to start. And I'm right. just like, like, it's that kind of stuff that, like, and I gleaned so much from the conversation with you and Bruce. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, like, wow, y'all are so dope, but it's so crazy to hear you say that there's just some stuff that you haven't put out or unlisted, and I'm just like, the world needs to see it, no matter how bad you think it is, and I think, like, that's really the purpose that you really, um, you, um, you just, you, you pre- prevent yourself from, like, being able to share your, your awesomeness with the world. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, because even that, even that, the about and, a year that about a year ago tag, like I filmed it, but I'm like, I don't like this. I'm not putting it out. Now see, that, now that one, now, now that one, I I will send you a clip just so you know it exists. But I, if anything, I'll redo it because I'm just like, I, it's one of those things. Like sometimes you can feel when your energy's not there. I'm like, oh damn, this is like, if I can't feel it, nobody else is gonna feel it. But I'm gonna show you that it exists. And either way, I will put one up. I don't know if it's gonna be that one, but that's it. But I, but I am working to put more stuff up. Like I, I have, I was uh, I was a little behind because I was editing something that I shot on on the other day that I'm going to put. It's random. It's just me trying to make something in the kitchen. But it's like the production value there, and it's like just something that. Cause oh here's here's the thing I was going to say to um, damn, what you were saying. Uh, oh um, when you were speaking about the the lady in the podcast and the 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 ethics of of all of this. Two things I would say to you. Um, mm-hmm. which I was going to say about my video. Sometimes people just need some type of entertainment. It's one thing. Okay. Um, so my thought to you, and, and you may have just been speaking in general, you may not be dealing with these, but just, you know, I think sometimes people just need content. People will go to YouTube for content. So I, I think if we, if that's our gift to share to that and look at me, just contradicting myself, not wanting to put stuff out. But if that's the thing that we want to <laughs> share with the world, then we should do it. And then two for, for you specifically, um, I think, and, and I, I had this conversation with somebody else, like I always try to look for the challenge and things. So maybe in whatever your content is, the challenge, the extra hurdle is to how to offer. So yours is, is more styling and fashion. Maybe it's how do you repurpose this in your wardrobe? How do you, I don't know if you get into any photo stuff. So if it's like, oh, how to shoot your in-home photo shoot yourself with stuff that you already have in your wardrobe, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, how to match something. Well, and this is something I don't know anything about, but like, I know there are different, I don't know when, when decorating their different color palettes. It's like, okay, since you're at home and this is your, if this is your color palette, this is what you wear from what's already in your closet for your at home photo shoot. So it doesn't have to be anything like that, but I, I would say there are ways I think, and there's definitely a good lane right now because people don't have a lot of money to spend. Um, I think there that leaves an opportunity for you to create content for people in that situation based off of your expertise. So there's just, I don't know. I, I think, I think there's always a challenge. So like, even like I said, for me, it's like, okay, how many different setups? Cause I'm real picky about my setup and my backdrop and my lighting. It's like, okay, as a cinematographer, how can I challenge myself to create so many different setups and light it a certain way, whether it's for a film or a sketch or something else. And then as an editor, 
how can I challenge myself to speed up my turnaround? And then as a creator, how can I start putting out more stuff? So I feel like there's a challenge. There's, there is an opportunity to challenge ourselves as creators right now, even in the midst of the pandemic. But that was that point. But yes, I'll start putting more stuff up. No, I think that those are really, those are really good suggestions. And I, I have, if you if you I think if you tailor your content to that thought process that hey I understand things are are tight financially right now so this isn't about that but I still want to share information that can help you or enlighten you or engage you or entertain you I think people will appreciate that that much more because people are going to remember what got them through this time so that's something to think about We're good. Okay, good. All right. So, and then another thing is, I just think to myself, are we coming out of this? <laughs> yeah. I just thought you were saying, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm just like, I don't know. So, yeah. This is true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, yeah,
I don't I'm not the one to ask because I don't know. No, well, no, like I don't, I don't, well, because there's two parts of that question that people usually give. It's like what they think and how they feel about it. And the second part is like, I'm not the one to ask because I like being at home and being antisocial, but I would love for things to be better back to normal. Um, do I think we're coming out of it? I think, yes, I think we are, but it's going to be later than usual, but I don't think it's over. Um, so I, I think the world, at least life as we knew it is at least 30% changed. Uh, I think there will be some window, but as soon as fall and winter comes back around, but I think of all my, my, my major stance has not changed that I don't think the biggest issue was ever going to be the virus. It's going to be all the effects, the effects on, on, the, on the human psyche and the economy and so many other things that are going to be the things that stick around. But the, I mean, the virus is always going to be here with us, but I think after a while we will get a grasp on it. But I, I, think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think life is going to go 100% back to normal. But I think for the most part, like, I, I think they knew and they were real right off the back when they said 18 months, but nobody could really grasp that. I think we will get pretty much close to back to normal in 18 months from then, from when it started. Um, I think we may get a couple of windows late summer. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, that, I mean, I'm more worried, like me personally, I'm more worried about how everything, I was going to say how everything gets so politicized. It's like, no matter what it is, it gets us divided amongst, well, just people divided amongst political lines and we're in an election year, like things like that. And <laughs> it's okay. As you start keeping more and more, and I'll talk, I'll talk while you do it as, as you, as you, and that's not saying this, my stance on it, but as you have to keep people home, more and more people home for longer and longer. I think there are going to be more, there's going to be more civil unrest. Um, so those are the things I'm much more concerned about than the actual virus, though I am concerned about the actual virus. Um, so as I said, I'm not, I'm, I'm thinking about the, the after effects more so than right. And I'm thinking like, and they, you start talking about, well, you hear people starting to talk about how the, the food supply chain is being affected by that. That's something where like, those are the things that I'm thinking about or worried about not being able to go out and party right now is, you know, I mean, I would love to, but at the same time, we can't go hang out. It's not a big deal. People being able to work is a much bigger deal. Um, Cause I don't, I don't know, like we don't have it that bad in California, um, but I don't know how it is in all the other States. So I, I can't speak to that. And I think that's another thing. Everything is so fragmented not only where people stand and how things are being divided along, along different lines of political lines, but everybody's experience is different from county to county, city to city, state to state. So it's even hard for someone to accurately empathize with somebody else, even if they wanted to, because they don't understand what they're going through. I have no idea, honestly, what, like what all the, the, um, what all the, how things are being handled in the state of Nebraska, let alone somewhere like Georgia, New York, or Texas, um, so it's hard to empathize with what other people are going through. And, you know, I don't even know what it's going, what it's like up in, um, the counties that San Francisco are in. So I think that yeah. it's hard for people to empathize with people and it's easy for people to be divided and to kind of clash heads. And when we've been in the climate for at least the last two or three years where everybody's been bumping heads on everything, I think that just creates a bit of a powder keg. So those are the things I'm much more concerned about than the virus. Okay, so folks, AJ and I are going to be listening to uh, COVID-19 and how that is affecting everyone, so that's really 
Real quick, can, can you, can we, can we adjust the camera? No, the camera, the camera. Oh, my fault. It's okay. It's okay. Go ahead. We'll, we'll work with it. We'll work with it. How is that? That's perfect, but that we'll okay? work with whatever we got. That's perfect? Okay. I'm sorry. If it doesn't stay, it's okay. All right. Is that too much head space? No, nope. it's good. Okay, we were texting. We were talking about how long, ideally, in theory, how long would you like this to last? And I think at that time, I was speaking from the space of I really did think that we were going to resume back to normal around July. Mm -hmm. Okay, I didn't think that the government would make it even, I didn't think they would succeed of allowing the economy to collapse the way that it is right now and um, in order for us to basically get rid of the, the virus or to control it. As, but we're not, we're not controlling the virus, right? right? So, um, and plus I thought I was going to get like cabin fever and I really just thought I was going to want to be out. But what I'm realizing is that it's, it's about your space and how you make, um, how much you enjoy your space. And so during this time, you told me you were going to ask me about like what I've been doing during quarantine. And so uh, some of the projects that I've been working on is really making my space a place that I want to be long term because I really don't know when we're coming out. Mm -hmm. I don't mind it, to be honest with you, at this point because I, I, I do enjoy being at home. I enjoy, I live with my sister and her husband, and I enjoy being amongst family during this time because I know right. there's a lot of people who are social distancing and they don't necessarily have contact with other people and so I enjoy being able to communicate with other people when I want to um, and also my sister who lives in the suburbs but we live in Santa Frida and um, my sister is able to, they've been making our uh, like the extension the outside, they've made like a patio outside. Right. So one of my biggest things is being able to go outside on a patio and have friends. But they're making the space, um, they're making this into a space where we want to be able, you can enjoy in the summertime. Mm -hmm. So that makes me more excited about being indoors and right. being home. And um, so for me, it's just about like, do you enjoy your space? And, and I and I really, really do. And, and before, um, when I moved back in with my sister, I my my room looked like a thing out of the orange, orange is the new black. <laughs> I literally like this is very sterile. Bed. You said what? This is very sterile. It was. I had a book bed. I I just didn't know. Like I had to really adjust it to the fact that I no, I did not have my own apartment. Because in Omaha, I had my own apartment. Right. And I had to adjust to the fact that, like, this is L.A. culture. People live with other people out here. It's expensive. Right. And if you're fortunate to have your own place, then that's great. But a lot of people do have housemates and roommates, and then that's just where you're at right now. And you have to um, be content, you know, in this season in your life. And so that's something that I really told myself that I was going to do, and I was going to work on being content in the place that I'm at. So um, that was like a project that I wanted to work on. And so now I've been like, just been working on like 
shelving so that I can like store all the stuff that I have and then just not, you know, getting rid of the bunk bay and just making it a place where I, that I want to be. So I say all that to say that I, I'm no longer in this space of like, okay, what the hell am I getting up on out of here? I'm not necessarily an introvert, but I have an introvert, introvert trait. So I can go day to day without like talking to people, socializing. And I don't have to be in a crowd to socialize and stuff like that. And um, I'm totally okay with uh, being by myself. But then when the time comes to socialize amongst people, I can totally do that as well. So I would probably say that I'm like a mix. Right. Um, and so I do desire, uh, I desire some contact with people, but not on a daily basis. And I think when I first, when, when, when they first revealed that this is what they were going to be doing, I was disappointed because I told you I, I was really excited about going back to school right. and to finally be able to go back to school. That's for something that I wanted to go to school for, because I feel like when I went when I pursued my first degree, it's for other people. I just wanted to prove to the world that I wasn't stupid. Right. And <laughs> yeah, because I wasn't, I didn't really apply myself to high school. So when I pursued my degree, it was just like, yeah, but this sounds good. I'll do this. And then now I really feel like I'm doing something that I'm passionate about. And to be able and to now have to do it the way that we're doing it, it's just, this isn't ideal, but I'm working. Right. But now I'm, I'm getting used to the way that things are right now. So I'm just like, I'm totally okay with how things are. And as a matter of fact, I don't think that I would be in the mindset for things to go back to the way that they were because there's so much anxiety around how quickly the world is moving. And mm-hmm. like, I don't feel um, the desire to like get on Instagram because I know like, no one's doing right? right. And when but when people are doing stuff, I try my best not to go on Instagram because that is that just gives me anxiety in itself of like where I am. Mm-hmm. And so I I just said okay to protect my space, to protect my mind, I can distance myself away from Instagram. So I try not to get on that platform. It's not something that I've ever really enjoyed. Like YouTube has really been my platform, so that's where I watch most of my content um, or absorb most, most of my content. But I feel like, um, where was I going with this? I was talking about enjoying, uh, yeah. Uh, not not so being ready like to transition back if things get back to I'm normal. Not, I'm not ready to go back to where we were. And, and there's there's a little, there was, once I thought, once I thought that we were going back like around Easter, because remember that was the projection. Mm-hmm. I started feeling really anxious about the fact that I felt like I was going to have to press, pressure myself to be where everyone is or where everyone expects me to be. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And I just like that it, it seems like now everyone's equal. <laughs> Does that sound yeah. bad? No, no. I, I mean, I, I get it. It's true. And I get it. more money than other people and, but it just seems like everyone is on the same playing field no one is like on these uh, extravagant vacations no one is out working someone um like at the studio or something like that like no we're all doing the 
same thing. We're all planning our own next move with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And we all have this downtime to see what we're doing. And um, there's not like all this noise unless you speak. You're actively going out to absorb the noise because you just want to be in everybody's business. <laughs> so for me, I'm just like, I've taken the time to really mind my own business and to like be very task oriented and I and I love that I am occupied with school because that's been giving me a break away from communicating with friends. I'm just like, look, I'm studying. I'm studying. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. So, um, and there ain't nothing to talk about either. It's just quarantine. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't have anything to update you on. You're at the house. Okay? Right. Few minor I tweaks. Know, like how my, how my earnings that's only right. Yeah. No, I, I, I totally get it. Like it, it's funny. Well, one, well, I'm looking at this from two mindsets. I'm looking at it from a personal and a business. From the business mindset, I'm looking at it as like this is a time, it's like a mini incubator for, for me to develop a lot of things. And, and and half of it is all this content. The other half is like the, the business thing that I want to work on. Um, but personally, like it's as an adult, <laughs> it is probably so juvenile to look at it this way. But you remember like when you were like element, like junior high and high school, and you have like the summer break. You're like, I'm going to go and I'm going to work on this shit. I'm going to come back and hit them. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I've been looking at it. And it's like, I mean, because it's like, but on, on a real level, it's allowed me like my, and I put it um, up yesterday. There's it a video I put up and there, there's just so many things that I haven't been able to focus on just because I've been giving my time to so many other things. And a lot of it is just like working on myself. And that's something that I started in, what year is it now? Uh, Somewhere I came, I realized it in 2018, kind of started working on it, but I really started working on 2019. I was kind of hitting my stride on 2020, like the journey within learning myself and trying to like learn where I want to be, who I want to be, what I want to do, the things that I don't want to do, what makes me tick, and then building my life around that. But when you're still trying to do that around, you know, when you're giving 10 hours of your day to something and and so many other people, it's hard to do. So now I've been able to kind of fast track that. And luckily enough, like I was already starting, I just kind of started meal prepping. I've had time. to, And a lot of it is like you have time to realize what you actually needed time for and what you were just bullshitting about. So some things I was like, oh, as soon as I get time, I'm going to do it. I didn't do it. I was like, all right, well, obviously that's not something I'm going to do. But there's been a lot of things like, okay, I really just needed the time. This is actually something legitimate. You know, I've, I've got somebody invited me to like this 21 day meditation challenge. And then I, I'll get up and at least four or five times a week, I'll go walk super far. And, you know, I'll, I'll even, I'm a half a mile from the grocery store. So I'll take a back uh, duffel bag and I'll walk to the grocery store to get groceries just so I can be active. I'll walk to the, you know, to the, ATM if I need to go do something so it's like I I found the way to be active I've been able to work on my cooking obviously I'm trying to do more content still trying to figure out how to do certain workout stuff and and other things that I want to do but for me specifically like I this is what I needed ideally under different circumstances but this has been exactly what I needed of course there is some anxiety it's like okay I'm not really generating revenue right now some ex- all expenses are still piling up a lot are getting paid but I'm not paying rent right now so at some point that's something I'm going to have to figure out but luckily enough where we are it's there you know there's something in place for that in the moment um, but yeah I always like when we talked 
like it didn't seem that realistic when I could have seen it stretching till July. And then after yesterday, it was like, well, it's August 1st now. Um, that's as far as like I was mentally prepared for. Like, I think if it goes further out, if we outside of the financial component, like I'll be fine with it, but I don't think my mind was open to it. But also when like we were looking two weeks ago towards May 15th, I'm like, yo, I'm not really ready to go back either. Yeah. So like it's, so it's, it's finding that balance because I wasn't ready to go back. But if we're being told August now, Bro, it could be it could be spring twenty twenty one. Like by the time August gets here, like when when August gets here and falls around the corner, they could tell us something totally different. So it's like, okay, yeah. now I need to be thinking about this. Yeah. And for me, it's even different because whether things went really well or really bad, um, like for like career stuff, I was already considering relocating. And at the because after. May of next year will be 10 years since I originally came to LA. So I'm like, all right, if I was going to move and go somewhere else, that would be the time. And also I'm getting to the point where like all the things that I'm doing are being more, becoming more realistic and I really need space. And even if I had the money, like it's not economical to invest in a lot of space out here when you're trying to run a business. So I've been thinking about things like that. So if it comes to the point where like, okay, we're not, you know, life's not going to be, I'm of two minds of that. It's like, if life's not going to be normal out here, it's like, okay, do I want to go move now and take whatever money I have and invest in the move and getting myself set up somewhere more permanent? Because this has shown me that this is a lifestyle that I could live for the rest of my life. It's like, as long as I make a few tweaks, like I don't mind life being like this. I've always wanted to work for myself, but it's just, I couldn't make that leap, but the leap has been made for me. But also on the other end, it's like, okay, when you think as an adult, I'm like, okay, the way that I, I don't, I'm actually, I don't want to get into it because it might be used as a political statement, but like I, from what I actually pay attention to, I don't like mind the way that California has been handling things compared to some other places. So I'm like, ah, also I'm like pay a little more here, but like, you know, they've, they've overall from what I've seen, like, I feel like they've done right by most people out here in California or at least in Los Angeles County. So it's, you know, I, as an adult, I'm weighing out those things too. So it's definitely in a good, not any bad ways, but in, in very good ways and ways that I wasn't expecting. This has definitely forced me to, um, my mindset to mature on some things as well. Um, well, what, what else have you been doing? Okay. So, you know, we've been talking about like what we've been working on and stuff like, well, we kind of, we briefly touched on like what we've been working on, but like what, other than working out, and that, that's the only thing I will say, the only thing that I want, that I really feel like, damn, I'm really at a disadvantage, is the gym. I I really depend on the gym. Mm-hmm. And and it's, well, there are, both gym is allowing us to um, stream their workouts, but I've now had to really sit down and um, realize that I am so dependent on the gym, and yep. I've had to um, and I'm also dependent on other people being there to motivate me. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that that could be good, but also that it could be like a con. So I'm really working on that. Um, and it, well, and I started going back to the gym. Uh, well, I've always gone to the gym, but when I changed over to uh, both gyms, I started taking classes. And I would almost my the people at my gym they would hold me accountable in the morning so there's this one guy who like, set up my equipment i mean this man like this seven. <laughs> and he would set up my equipment and um he always say to me you know are you going to be here tomorrow and 
they just they really hold you accountable and so I depended on that. Even the days that I do not want to be there, I was like, Oh, I don't want to be you know, that black girl who doesn't show up because I was pretty much like the only black girl in, in a few of my classes. Right. And every now and again you would have like the ones that would drop in, but I was the consistent one. And so I always wanted to um show show up and now that I don't have someone like asking me, are you gonna be here tomorrow? It's it's harder for me to stay, um, I guess, committed to my fitness goals. And there's been like a week, like last week, I didn't work out at all, and I was just like, Lisa, like, what's happening with you? And so every time I do that, I feel like I have to start all over again. And so that's the hardest part I think about not having access answer or the answer I'm going to give you so you can ask or clarify after but like I feel like I am my biggest project like I've always felt that but even that's kind of like that whole journey within things so trying to like I literally I think in 2016 I wrote it down like I had this like in in the kind of the the concept of the laws of attraction and vision board like I wrote down what my ideal schedule would be start to finish like wake up you know uh, naps working out meals hangout time date time all of that stuff um, so I've been working on my sleep schedule, trying to be more, um, not like limiting myself, but just getting in the habit of understanding like, okay, if I go to sleep at this time, I can get this amount of sleep and I'll naturally wake up at this time. And that'll leave me time to do this in the morning and get this out of the way, you know, go do my walk before it's crazy out there and there's a bunch of people. And then now I'm doing the meditation thing. And then, you know, I've been working on, uh, I was already working on meal prepping, which means I had to worry, work on cooking work on healthier shopping and I probably 20% of my YouTube content, if not 30 or 40, which is why that video that's going to go up is like been looking up like healthier, like um, healthier recipes and, and like taking tips from people that are into fitness. So I've been working on my, my sleep habits, my, my time management, um, my, my cooking, trying to like learn a lot more about my calories and my intake uh, I'm not really pushing myself to, and, and for me, I'm the opposite with the gym thing. Um, like going back to my issue with like trying to balance time is like always with a lot of things. Like I didn't have enough time for like my film stuff, but like with the gym, it's like, okay, I would like to do CrossFit, but to afford CrossFit, I would have to work a lot. But then if I wanted to make okay. the time to do CrossFit, I didn't, I couldn't afford it. So I would always come to this dilemma to where like, it always comes to the point where like, okay, I need to figure out how to take what I've learned and be self-motivated enough to work out on my own. So that's something that I will still get to. This, once again, is a perfect ideal situation for it. And, and I've bought, like, I have weights and, and kettlebells and got a yoga mat. So now it'll just really be on me getting on top of my stuff. But, like, I'll get to that later. But really it's just being, like, working on me and even, like, my mindset. It's like having time. Like, it, it's weird and that's a whole different conversation. I'll judge the uh and just so you know i probably got like 20 minutes before this card is full um but i'll judge my kind of like my mental state by like the content of my dreams um and then like i'll have a lot of time where i'll i'll literally because of the journey within like i'll monitor my my thought process how i say things to myself how i look at things 
how I react to things and then try to get the base of things. Like, you know, I, I've always, I, I don't, because of just how I was taught and, and raised, um, because I was raised that way, I try to get away from being led and making decisions based out of fear. It's like, oh, well, if this doesn't happen or what about this or don't do this because of that, I try to take, I'm trying to learn to take fear out of the equation. So just like, I'll be worried, like, I'll always ask, like, am I not doing this because I'm afraid of, it could be something as simple as like taking the trash out at at 11 PM. I mean, that's not a thing, but that's just an example. Or like, I don't want to go walk. Like I won't, like, I still, like I've been getting closer to getting up at 5 AM, but because I'm black and you see the stuff that's on the news, I'm like, I'm not going to go out for my walk and run at 5 AM in the dark because somebody may look at me as a criminal. But that may be a healthy fear, yeah. but like that, I understand and I can identify I'm not doing that because of a fear. So that's something else I'm, I'm trying to be more cognizant of. So where I can, I can eliminate those things that are based out of fear. That's one thing I'm really working on is just that. Um, but just, just stuff like that. That's why I say I'm my biggest project because there's so many different ways that I'm trying to learn and better myself. And then all the other external creative stuff. Um, but as far as like what I'm actually working on, um, two podcasts, this one. Another one I'm not really sharing publicly yet. Um, YouTube content. Um, I going back to that hacking manifestation video. I probably I need to write a short film. I want to I want to ideally come out of this having shot, but depends on how strict everything is. But at least have a short film written, which will knock that off of my list for the year. Um, and then I need to actually start working on a book, whether it's an ebook or like a real book. Um, and then I have this. Um, It started out as beard oil, but it's probably going to be a health and beauty line. So that's the the business venture. So working on all of that one step at a time, because that, that allows, say what? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that allows me to leverage because like I said, I'm planning on getting out of this industry that allows me to leverage the, um, all the network that I built in that industry while still not having to be in that industry like whether it's clients or people that work, you know, cause like I can, you can sell beard stuff to barbers, throw some aftershave in with it. They can sell it out of their shop, you know, and then you start getting into other things, you know, so that, that is hopefully going to be part of my exit strategy. And hopefully that that's the only thing that I am working on that I'm actually trying to make to monetize like right now. Well, that and then video services, but you know, that's, Okay, so some things that I have been working on, you said you were going to ask me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, yes. so um, this, so I write, currently I am in school, so I'm trying to finish this semester up, um, but I've really, I've been more focused than I've ever been in school, so that takes a lot of time. Um, but then I've been publishing some, I've, I've been wanting to go back to uh, putting publishing content on my channel because I've kind of like taken a month off, mm-hmm. a couple of months off since we've been quarantining. That really kind of changed things for me because I just, like I said, I didn't know. So, yeah. And then, um, but I'm feeling like I'm getting my stride back. You know, this conversation really helped and I, I feel purposeless when I'm not putting up content. And um, yes, yeah, so I feel like, okay, I need to back out there doing things. So I've been working on like some different things that I want to do. I have been um, really inspired to read books about pandemics 
I used to draw all the time, but yeah, I haven't done okay. that in years. Okay. Just because you just didn't have time. Yeah, no, that, it's just, no. And it's so funny. I should probably revisit it now because what I was going to say applies to everything now, but I was such a perfectionist at drawing. Like I, not that I would, I would ever hate my sketches, uh, but like it would just take so much time to, from start to finish to get something that I wanted done. And especially like, we're talking like in your adolescence, like, five to like 12 and you know for a kid I mean it may not have been that long but for a kid uh, a few hours to do something is forever so it's just like I couldn't I couldn't justify at that age taking that much time to make something just to make it which obviously now I might feel different about but it I don't know I, I would I may try, I actually may try sketching something during quarantine but I don't I just don't think I would get the joy out of it like I do like when I create something else, but I, I, I should revisit it. I got time. It always, it always fascinates me to learn about people who can like really draw. I figured you could. Um, and I remember your design for anatomy. It's called anatomy, right? Mm -hmm. Anatomy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember that. So I'm like, I think, I think you probably can. I think you probably can draw. And so I've been meaning to ask you, but, I literally I because I think the last time I had that conversation was with Bruce like year like when we were first getting to know each other I literally forgot that I used to draw because all my books are in storage like so much of my stuff is in storage right now but every time and even like if, if you you didn't see it but every time I'm on these conversations like one out of every three I get a book recommendation and I put it in my Amazon shopping cart so soon enough I'll have some more books but like you know, all my uh -huh. books are literally in storage I don't even think I have any here right now so nothing um I may actually I may just start well I'm go ahead Please. So, um, well, I guess really there's just one book that I want to share. Well, I'll I'll tell you the two books that I'm reading. But mm -hmm. I'm I'm currently reading Gabrielle Union for Gonna Need More Wine, which I oh, did wow. not think was going to be that great, but it's actually really entertaining. And oh, she's I can funny. That. I, I mean, can she's funny that. as shit. Yeah, I was gonna say that just because she is funny, I could believe that the book is entertaining. Yeah. And then um, there was a, there was like a 
chapter where she was describing Omaha to a team, like when it's back in the day. But I said that stuff still holds true, like in our adolescence. And I thought it was so funny that Omaha really hasn't changed. It has a culture that really does stay the same. And I was, um, I wanted to talk to somebody about it. And right. I was just like, I was talking to one of my friends, and she was like, I, I haven't read that book in, in so long, but I, I kind of remember. And I was like, I need to, I need to talk to somebody <laughs> right now. Yeah, no, that energy you just showed, I can see why you have a whole channel dedicated to it because like, your, your passion shows through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And, it was... and then I, I can't really share it with nobody. So yeah. And then um, I wanted to ask you, are you familiar with Al um, No. Who, say the name again. Al Newport. I can see the book. I just couldn't hear the name. No. But tell me more. say we just as humans we need stimulation nowadays but go ahead you said what i was just saying as human beings we need stimulation all the time nowadays oh i'm sorry yes yes he was saying like you know you'll be you'll be at the bank and you'll get like this urge to because you're standing in line and you're waiting for people to um carry up so you can get to the teller you feel the urgency to pull out your phone and he said it's put it in the, in the shopping cart on Amazon because that one does sound. And then um, he has like two other books, I think Digital Minimalism where he's been talking about Oh, okay. Um, I've heard of like that Living one. in a World. Living, oh, you've heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of that I've book. Oh, yeah. I heard it's a really, really good book. And then he, what got me is that he 
sounds like my spirit animal. Closely inspired to to fall in line. They would be very heavily inspired by you and saying like they're doing it as well. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends, and I had it in my mom a long time, like five years. I feel like that's a long time. And she was just telling me, going, "Oh my god, like everyone's an influencer." I was like, "Testing out influencer." She was like, "An influencer, a photographer, like everyone is like a creative." And it's not just Omaha. That's not just. It's not just. That's not just reserved for Omaha. That's like I think now that Instagram is um, pretty much um, everyone has access to Instagram and everyone's a creative now it seems like and not in the sense of everyone has something to create it seems like a lot of people are digital and it's or in some type of like in the visual arts and even though it may not be like phenomenal they still do it and so I always wonder how do like people who have been doing this for years who are extremely extremely talented how do you reconcile your feelings of seeing someone else do something that you're doing but they may not be as talented or as experienced or skilled or because i don't i don't necessarily think i'm like the dopest but i think that i i like i've been doing it for a long time and so i now realize that so many people do have access to a camera that like I have to be at the top of my game and I have to be dope and so I think that's why like people like you inspire me to, to really um, develop a skill so that you can separate me and distinguish me from another person who just decided that today's the day I'm going to put 
like mm-hmm. just like you. <laughs> and so I, um, I, was just, I was thinking to myself that that was one of the reasons why I needed to go to school so that I could really, really develop, I could develop myself as a creative. I want to know, for someone who I think is extremely, extremely talented, how do you reconcile the feelings of people do what you've been doing for years and sometimes surpass in general, surpass yeah. you or um, just like move into this space where they are now um, performing or you know, operating. I don't, I like, I don't, well. I guess if you didn't finish the video, you'll see at the end and it's not spoiled or anything. Like the last, one of the last things I told me and Bruce said is like, you know, we got to keep up with them at the end of the day. And, and that is the thing because there's a whole new wave and a whole new generation of people that have only known technology and the technology is changing a lot quicker. So at some point, if they haven't, they're going to lap us really quick. So one, you got to embrace them Two, And, and I think we like, the oh, one, gosh, you're breaking up. it may be me. Um, one of the things that I, I, um, I, I try to always keep is like that, that childlike pure joy and, and happiness about things. Like the thing that brought me out here, um, because I, I realized, you know, five, 10 years ago, I was that same person. I remember talking to people that had been doing things for years and tell them I wanted to do this. And however I could feel about these people, those people felt exactly like me, or felt that way about me more, even more so. I remember that coming to LA and like now I get like when you first get to LA and you tell people you have your dreams, they're like, Oh, that's good. And they're kind of standoffish because in LA specifically, not just LA, but like a lot of these big cities where the industries are, it's so hard to get into these things. People want to see if you have what it takes. So I get that, but there's also another like dynamic of people that feel like because you didn't go through what they went through, whether it's, especially in the film industry. It's like, oh, you didn't have to PA on this set. You didn't have your director be an asshole to you and this, this, and that. So it's like when people see a lot of people, especially now with the technology and YouTube, circumvent the system or work smarter instead of harder, they kind of like, they they feel resentful towards it. And sometimes, like I said, there are people that are just trash and that are just doing stuff for clout and doing stuff for clicks and clickbait. And that, I think that's different. But at the end of the day, like I, I try to come from the mindset of empathizing with the passion and the drive and then respecting the hustle. So at the end of the day, like I, I just like everything else, when we were talking about the, the ethics of things, like I, I try, I try to look at everything as a challenge. So I was like, all right, right now I'm still in the, the, like, I think I'm just getting into my prime with all my creative stuff. Um, but I also specifically coming from a small town really quickly, I got six minutes. I wanted to move to the big pond because I never wanted to be a big fish in a small pond. Like I wanted to know exactly where I stood with like the greats and all the greats won't just be those ahead of us. It'll be some of those coming behind us too. So it's got to use it as motivation and inspiration as well. And at the end of the day, everything else that's on them because I don't know exactly where somebody's passion starts and stops and what drives them or their reasoning for all we know, you know, some of these people maybe really, really wanted to do these things, but never saw a way, which is, that's the whole reason I do this podcast is like to, you know, to speak to those people. So I don't know which of those people are like posers and which of those people were kind of waiting for their moment or didn't know how to do it. And, you know, and, and I also understand coming from a small, like I literally, it'll actually probably be on the, uh, I'm, I'm doing something else, but I'm going to probably put it into the intro of this podcast. And I speak to the fact that coming from the Midwest, there aren't always 
um, like, like inspirations and motivations for those of us that have less uh, traditional and more aspirational goals. So I understand sometimes we do things just out of pure compensation because you can't, or you don't see things in a smaller area. So you go for the big thing to kind of compensate it, but also some of those people are being the change they want to see. So there's so many different ways to look at it that I, I, I get the question, but I, I try to just look at it with an open mind and open. I try it first and foremost, I stay in my lane and try not to pay attention to stuff. But if I do look at something, mm-hmm. I try to look at it with like an open mind, and open heart and try to be embraced because be, to embrace them because on another level, I like, you know, you talk about the Hollywood system and all that, not want to deal with assholes. I want to make sure I would like to be embraced. So I want to make sure that I'm giving that to them. But usually I just stay in my lane. But if I do have to interact with people, that's the the energy I try to come with. That's a good answer. Thank you. I believe it was crucial, but that was like a really good answer. No, it, it is. Like I, I like at the end of like I can't like I don't at the for me like I I and that's where like the the being antisocial like nobody okay so if you look at it from the the um, the laws of attraction you either work from a mindset of abundance or from uh, scarcity so you have to believe that there's enough out there for everybody so what they're doing should not take away from what I'm doing and then if you look at it like I am a competitive person so if they're doing something really dope that should challenge and inspire me um and then me just being me, like, I don't really focus on other people. Like, so, I mean, I, unless it's like for inspiration. So like, I'll watch what other people do specifically for inspiration. If it's going to give me like anxiety or make me like second guess myself, I probably won't like consume it. So like just the way that I go about things is it, you know, it doesn't really affect me a lot. I mean, every now and then I'll see, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm human. I'm going to see something like, damn, like it's going to make me feel the way, but like I try to refocus that energy into a positive way, but usually it's already of that mindset. Is that one of the reasons why you, you're not really into like Instagram and Twitter? No, I'm just, I just don't like, I'm just non-social. <laughs> Which is, not social. Okay. Yeah. No, no, that, no, I, I, I love seeing all that stuff actually. It's just, uh, that's the, that's the, I'm just so stupid. Like, I, I like all of that. I like, I like, I'll, I'll watch it. I'll consume it. And I just, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just, I don't, it's something about, and that's part of that, that journey within and working on myself, trying to figure out what that block is that doesn't like communicating and interacting with people in a, on a certain level, in a certain way, or coming across a certain way that prevents me from doing certain things, which then takes me off of social media. Um, which is why YouTube is good because if I can do all this YouTube stuff, I can do all of that stuff. Um, but no, no, it's not, it's not because of, no, I, I, like I get energized by looking most more often than not. Like they're like certain people's energy will rub you the wrong way, but usually like, no, I, I like seeing all that stuff on there. I admire, I admire, um, the way that you, um, your perspective on it. And I think that's a, a place that I'm trying to get to like I said before I it triggers my anxiety and I'm not I'm not like an extreme anxious worrisome person but like when it comes to like my career and where I am where I see myself where I ultimately see myself and where I not necessarily am and to see other people that may have like surpassed me or um, that are getting into the same field that I'm in it, it does, like, it gives me anxiety about making 
or like I'm like sometimes I'll want to rest and I'm like oh you can't rest because you, you see what they're doing you need, <laughs> you need to be up and so um it, it doesn't it, it doesn't it doesn't serve me to yeah. see that content all the time and I like I'm all about like protecting um my energy and like where I'm at mentally and so I can't I, you, you have to know what triggers you yeah, so what serves you and like so Instagram doesn't necessarily serve me but I don't for some reason I don't feel that way about YouTube I don't know why no, so okay. um I'll just I can still um, absorb that content and without feeling a type of type of way and I guess maybe because with YouTube you can sort of control I feel like I feel like I can kind of control what mm-hmm. pops up for me Instagram not not so much especially not with like stories and right. stuff um so yeah I am um I respect that and that's the place that I'm trying to get to. I'm not necessarily there yet, but um that that uh that's definitely inspiring and I and I can't wait to be there. Thank you. And with that, we are going to have to stop this because we are one minute or one second, I can't tell. But we're gonna do a part two soon. Okay. Um but thank you. Absolutely. Um any social media that I should put for people to contact you, follow you, find you? After we just say all that. Uh, sure. Sure. Felicia Mezadu. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll put the yeah, I'll put it. Are you gonna link it? I'll put it. All right. And then Felicia finished the book. Both on I'm YouTube. not really active on Instagram, so we'll just keep it at those two things. Okay. Well thank you. I honestly I appreciate this. Like this is probably the best conversation I've had. You're this is this is better than me and Bruce. I'm gonna tell you that now. Oh no way. So yes. <laughs> Um, but thank you and it was great yes it was and then I'm gonna text you in a minute and then we'll talk after this okay thank you you're welcome thank you for having me no problem Bye. bye